Welcome to Make Today Count, your 20 minutes of fresh conversation served up to inform, educate and inspire an abundant life. I'm your host Ross Dean and each episode I chat to thought leaders, influencers and experts in their game who all have one thing in common, the desire to go that extra mile. Pushing against the status quo to create a richer life for both themselves and those around them. Powered by compassion and driven by the need to leave the world that little bit better than when they arrived. Hey guys, and welcome back to Make Today Count and episode number nine with Lauren Smith from Reclaiming Interiors. Lauren owns Reclaiming Interiors, a professional decluttering and organizing business in Suffolk where she helps her clients restore the love for their home. Lauren is also a yoga teacher and when she is not running a business, she loves to write children's books and is in the process of publishing her very first book. Hey Lauren, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Nice intro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wonder where I got that from. There you go. Um, <laughs> um, thank you so much for, for, for coming on the show. Um, it's, it's been one that I've sort of really been looking forward to because I think it's something that isn't always kind of touched upon, especially in the mm. sort of the podcast world as such. And I think probably when we're speaking about the subject that we are tonight, I, I guess people's first kind of contact is maybe via Netflix through Marie Kondo. Yes. And kind of the... Is. And kind of the work that she does, but I'm really looking forward to getting a little bit more in depth into kind of about exactly what you do and how you work with clients. Um, but before we sort of go into some of that, I just wondered if um, people haven't come across your work before, if you could just give us a little bit of background about yourself and, and kind of how you got to, to where you are today. Definitely. Yeah. So I would say that my, well, my background is in design. Um, so I, I've designed kitchens and bathrooms and I've worked on uh, some commercial projects in the past as well as friends and family who yeah. also just take on your services when when you've got a skill like that <laughs> <laughs> and um so so I did that work and um I was in a job I was doing really well and um I was in my first home that I bought at the time and I for some reason one day just started to declutter um and it wasn't off the back of any documentary or anything that I was reading or I feel like the trend is very sort of now, but this is sort of three or four years ago now. Mm. And, and I just started decluttering my home. Um, I probably didn't recognize it as that at the time. It was more, I would have said sort of cleansing and, and purging. I sort of got a real kick out of just getting rid of all of these things that I had um, and, and just slowly got rid of everything that I didn't need anymore and I just found the whole process and experience really really amazing and yeah. off the back of that um, I ended up leaving my first home and selling and, and and all of that and I went traveling and from there I was able to live out of a suitcase and um, so I went away for four months living out of a suitcase missing nothing at all back home you never do <laughs> you <know laughs> when you're on holiday you just you enjoy living in the moment being present yeah and when I got back um, from traveling I decided that I wanted to start my own business and originally the, the business was going to be um, sort of upcycling furniture and um, but then I thought actually no you know what I'm gonna make a go of this organizing because I am very methodical I'm very organized and, and I want to sort of incorporate some design as well because I'm really creative. Yeah. So off the back of that um, came Reclaiming Interiors. So it was 
it wasn't sort of planned, but it seemed like everything that I'd done up to that point had just led me to to start it. I'd always wanted to do my own business. I knew from when I was little, I've always wanted to have my own business and and you know sort of build that and be really proud of that. I think because my dad had his own business and always okay. been inspired to do that. So yeah, it, it very happened organically. And um, you know, when I came back from traveling, I sort of became a yoga teacher as well. I did my teacher training. I also mm. um, started proclaiming interiors. So it was a bit of a whirlwind, but you know, a really good good journey. And I'm I'm really excited and happy where where I am now. Sort of four months later. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. And I think, you know, when you mentioned also about sort of the yoga and, and, and your kind of study and that, I'm, I'm guessing there's kind of an, a real alignment between the two in that, you know, in, in that with, with a lot of the um, decluttering work, you're kind of clearing your mind and, and sort of um, there's a lot of kind of healing in that respect. Do, do you sort of draw parallels between the two as well? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I find it really interesting, actually. It's, it's something that I think, you know, some people think, might, oh, it's very, you know, different industries but actually they do lend hand in hand together because it's very much about well-being and Mm. how you are you know in your mind and I know myself that if if things are not not going well or you know you're stressed then what's the first thing to go it's normally you know an exercise regime or um not diet but you know healthy living sort of um, plan or whatever whatever and and also you know the homes then starts to to get out of control and chores to get behind and everything just sort of feels like it's out of your control. Um, but yeah, I find definitely that, that both go hand in hand um, together and yeah, you kind of just find, I find now that I'm able to focus my time on, you know, what's really important to me, having a nice clear head space and, and you know, that clarity. Um, yeah. Because I have got lots on and actually I find now <laughs> being organised is just essential. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> You know, it's not, a, oh, I'm a little bit organized. I have to be now and, and yeah. you know, have to practice it. That's the thing with it. You, you can't, you know, it's not just an overnight thing. It is a learning process, I think. Yeah. So as you mentioned, um, you're obviously working with clients now going forward as the business kind of grows and grows. Um, I'm guessing, you know, people come to you from all kind of um, different scenarios, but why do people usually come to you for help with their decluttering? Is there, is there certain things that come up a lot or is it, is, or are there kind of all different reasons for that? Yeah, I would say the the sort of most trend is that people come to me as a last resort. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people don't come to you, you know, you don't think, oh, I'm having a good day. I'm going to get a professional organiser. It's just <laughs> not something you do. So I'm often the last resort, you know, actually clients are feeling fed up, they're stressed or, you know, they just feel behind, overwhelmed and completely out of control. And yeah. so, you know, it's probably one of those things late at night, they're thinking, oh, what can I do? They're Googling things or professional organizer near me. And then, mm. you know, and then, and then they find me, but it's, it's definitely, it's an emotional thing. I think, like I said, it's definitely that, that last resort, you know, I need help now. It's, it's finally admitting that you're, you're needing the help. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which it's it, what those first phone calls that you have with clients are often, it's very interesting because I'm, I've always just very keen to listen um, in those first mm. consultation calls. It's just important to hear what they need to say because a lot of the time they will need to just talk and talk and get, you know, get how they're feeling out and, and start offloading, which is mm. all part of the process. It's, it's just yeah. being able to get to that point. You just, you know, accepting help and asking for it and, and being able to offload to start that new journey. 
And often, and often I guess that, you know, um, having a, a home which is not in the way that we want to or maybe is a little bit messy or, or, de- or sort of cluttered up is often a marker for other things in our life that may be not maybe going so well. So, you know, I know in my own experience, if I'm, um, you know, if I've had a challenge in times, that usually gets left. And then I'm guessing that, you know, it's a good marker to show that, you know, if, if I'm in a good space, maybe my, all my stuff is all how it needs to be. Do you know what I mean? Whether that's kind of home, work or or anything. So um, yeah, that's really interesting, like you say, is to, you know, it, it can be lots of other things. And I guess it's just, like you say, in that first co- consultative spa- space at the beginning, it's just kind of listening and, and kind of um, seeing what, you know, clients have got to say. Um, so, has, so the whole kind of Marie Kondo thing, do you think that's brought more people um, do you think it's brought the kind of your industry to the forefront? Um, Absolutely, yeah, it has. I think, I think there are there are a lot of organisers that have been doing it for a number of years. And yeah, then, you know, documentaries really been out in the last year or two. It's been more and more popular. But mm. I think, I think it's just people are a little bit more open minded. I think it's yeah. definitely more an American thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think people are becoming a little bit more open-minded to that. Um, and I think, you know, generally British people, are we, we can be a little bit tight with our money. And sometimes we think, well, actually, no, I can do that myself. And, yeah. and I think also there's maybe a little bit of stigma and the shame of, you know, actually asking for somebody to help. Um, mm. you know, when, when you come in I remember when I was on my APDO training um, APDO which is the Association of Declutterers uh, and Organisers and when I was on my training they said you know actually so you may need to tell com- some type of clients that if you know if I see you out in public if you don't want me to say hello if you feel embarrassed okay oh wow and I thought okay. wow that's a really interesting way of looking mm. at it so, you know some people some people would be really proud that they've got an organiser in some people mm. look at it in yeah. Actually, no, I'm really, you know, I'm not coping. Um, yeah. And, and then there's that, that shame around it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah guess, so. I, I guess that's the same for, you know, anything like therapy or anything like that as well, mm. isn't it? You know, yeah. you could, it could be the same sort of thing. You know, some people, I think we're in a better place now where it's more, it's more, you know, general conversation to talk about these things. But similarly, I'm guessing with, with therapists that kind of work with people, they might not want to, you know, know that other people know and all that kind of stuff, which I I think, like I say, is getting better and it's become more of a, an open conversation. Um, But um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think it's so interesting. And it's funny to say about, about therapists actually, because um, I'm, connecting with a with another counselor at the moment because yeah I find with both yoga and um, you know my my organizing business that quite often people do sort of really find you know my presence um, a good presence to be able to open up yeah. and, and share yeah. um, and sometimes I, I would love to just be able to offer them something else you know actually okay need someone to really talk mm. to as well a, you know a real professional in that field here's somebody yeah. um yeah, it's funny how both of those actually lend themselves to, mm. you know, to people really open up and sharing quite intimate and personal things, you know. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and I think in general kind of Netflix where sort of the Marie Kondo program is, that's become a really great um, kind of um, resource now because I think they've looked, there's, there's lots of kind of well-being focused programming I think now on especially on on Netflix you know whether it's kind of the Marie Kondo stuff maybe it's the you know the Queer Eye program as well where it's kind of helping people out in the houses and and sort of you know all this kind of stuff it's such a good thing um 
and it's um it's really quite interesting because I, I love watching the queer eye program and um now my eight-year-old daughter really loves it and and, oh. and watch it and watching it for the reason that it's just helping people out and making people's lives better you know and she and she loves that and if you think about you know the programming we have across our whole tv you know it's nice to have something that's really positive um and that can really sort of connect and, and and touch people so it's um it's really good um when it comes to um sort of decluttering or, or sort of rearranging our homes what do you sorry what's the best way to put that why do you think we sometimes put these things off um in your experience i would say um just trying to think from a personal point of view why do i why would i put it off hmm. i would put it off because i mean i'm the sort of person that when i want to do something i want to do it properly yeah <laughs> so i would want to be able to to do it you know and, and really give my all to it hmm. and something like decluttering is not something that you just think oh half-heartedly I'll, I'll do it you know it does take commitment it takes time I think a lot of people feel like they haven't got the time to do it and not knowing where to start is yeah one. Um, because we like I said before you know you, you don't do it when the home's you know quite good you do it when it's at the worst you think it has to be done yeah yeah um, that choice is is completely removed um so you see so you just do it as a final resort mm. um but also I think it's it's not having the, the right methodology or strategies to know where to start, how's best to start, having a plan. I yeah. find a lot of my clients and people that I know have just done it on impulse, which okay. is, it's, I found that quite interesting because there's not many other things, you know, like a, a lot of people may think I'll start a diet on impulse, but really to be able to commit and to make long-term change you have to be fully ready you know mentally yeah. in the right headspace yeah. to be able to commit to follow through with it mm. um and yeah i think it's actually really interesting when i did a workshop i did a workshop a couple of weeks ago it was um helping mums to declutter with the children before christmas yeah and everybody was in agreement that you know we shouldn't be sort of forcing children to declutter when we want we should sort of schedule it with them we should mm. you know make a plan make a schedule make a deadline set time aside and really plan for it yeah and that's I think where people go wrong is they just do it on impulse um you know and they just the house gets turned upside down <laughs> yeah and I, and I think I was, gonna, I was just going to say also it's just it's just time I guess for people isn't it you know um it's such just you know time is such a precious thing for everyone and we've got so much going on um, yes. I think, um, it's sometimes it's just like, right, I know I need to have it done, but mm -hmm. at the moment I just don't have the time. And I guess that's where it sometimes gets brushed aside. Yeah. But it's, it's like anything. I, I believe like, you know, health is an investment. I feel like good yeah. health is, is just a tool to, to get you to do those things that you really want to do. And I do believe yeah. having a home that's in that way is also mm. going to, it, it should be a tool to use to, to get you to do the things in life that you really mm. want to do. Um, it shouldn't be that last, you know, final thing that I think, oh, I'll do that. That shouldn't be the last priority is what I'm trying to say. I think yeah. it should be the, the highest priority. That should be the maintenance level, good health, good home. Yeah. You know, that should be that, that level. level and, I think, and I think it's like anything, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. So if, yeah. if, you're, if you're not aware of these kind of services or this kind of mindset exists, then maybe, you know, you're at the moment, you'll find your own time at some point that will be perfect for you. And if, it, if, if at that time you want to seek help, then, you know, you, you can do as well. You know, it's, um, yeah. it's, and it's um, interesting 
because I think money is also a bit of a barrier for some people to actually hire a professional organizer they okay. well actually most professional organizers and I do offer a free home consultation hmm. so you know that's a no obligation thing for me yeah. it's just to kind of get to meet them see how the vibe is see how that rapport is see if it would work see what they need and yeah. formulate an action plan so you're not committing to anything but I think it's just having that headspace to be in a point where you're actually ready to do it yeah you know I think that's it's how ready you are on you know on a scale of sort of one to ten where are you on yeah. that, that range yeah um, because as soon as I tell anybody what I do the first thing I say is oh I need you <laughs> I've not had one person think that yeah. said to me oh well I don't need you like mm. <laughs> everybody has said oh well I could do with you yeah um, but it's you know I think sometimes people say it's a throwaway comment and sometimes people you know will really do it when they just need it yeah I, I think sometimes just people just need an opportunity to, you know to take things up and you know mm. if you're having a conversation if it resonates with you um it's it you know you're going to know at that point if it's going to be perfect for you at that time yeah. um with um as and when you take sort of new clients on and you sort of have those, as you say, you have that kind of free consultation or the, those first kind of um, chats about what they want to achieve. What do you find that most kind of households are doing wrong or, or innately struggling with in those early stages? Um, well, the most sort of obvious answer I'd probably say is not starting mm. at all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and not even making a dent in it or attempting to do it. Um, yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing. But um, again, I would say starting on impulse and when people then do it, you know, they start early or they start late at night and then they're going through till early hours or they're going all day and they physically exhaust themselves. Okay. That's probably the biggest problem. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's one of those things that if you work smart, you will get so much more done and people will end okay. up procrastinating. I've seen sort of funny internet means it's like when you start decluttering and then there's this person wearing <laughs> like a hat and you've got like goggles yeah. on and like yeah yeah things like random that you pick up and then you end up like looking through photographs and it's you know that's lovely but that's not getting to the point of the problem it's it's not helping mm. to solve you know the bigger the bigger issue um so yeah i would definitely say that exhausting yourself is is definitely doing it wrong and mm. and also not finishing um, a lot okay. of people will, will also maybe start and not finish it and not finish it to a point that it's reasonable to maintain yeah um, um and, and probably the last thing I would say is it's also not having a deadline like I said just mm. going flat out all day and then yeah being knackered by the end of it which is just not fun mm. and then you know you, you don't want to do it again it puts you off <laughs> yeah um yeah. yeah that's really that's really interesting like you were saying I think I think with a lot of these things, when we get an idea that we're going to do something, sometimes we just set this unachievable goal straight off the bat where we think we're going to get the whole house sorted in a morning or, you know, something silly like that. And then you try that, you try sort of running against that goal and then you don't achieve it. And then you've probably got quite a lot achieved in that time, but because you haven't got immediately what you thought you'd set out yourself to do, you sort of think, well, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this then. So I'm just going to stop and do something else or, or that kind of thing. So, for, so what I'm hearing is that, you know, these initial conversations with you are a, are really, I guess, for you to kind of listen to what the challenges are and then for you to create kind of a plan for how to approach, you know, that next period of time, whether that's kind of 
a day, a week, a month, a year, you know, whatever that is, um, in sort of manageable steps, I guess, because with, with what you're doing, um, for someone that hasn't used the service before, I'm guessing it's there's a lot of trust there. You know, you're allowing someone into your house for the first time that you maybe haven't yeah. met before. Um, so I guess there's kind of just a lot of kind of conversation and trust building in those early stages. Absolutely. I think that's why it's so important that, I mean, I would only work with somebody if I've met them beforehand because mm. I just think that's really important. And you know, it's, it's what I do is probably more personal than most jobs. Goodness. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Literally going through every nook and cranny in their home, um, mm. you know, and you can find some interesting stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's having someone that you really do trust and you feel comfortable with and, and from a place of not being judged. I think that's, especially if somebody is feeling a bit ashamed of where they, they've allowed it to get to. It's mm. just that fear of being judged and, and just, yeah, I just, for me, I, I, I mean, I try and explain to, to my clients, because that's another thing that a lot of people say is, am I your worst client? <laughs> that's why <laughs> I always hear, am I your worst? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no way you can really answer that, because no. they're not <laughs> either. No. Um, and I always I, sort of go back to saying when I was a designer and designing kitchens and bathrooms, that I, you know, I tell them I have seen it all, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. do not have to worry. Yeah, um, but, but I think that's that thing that if, before we haven't shared it with anyone so all the conversations we have in our own head are are, are all we know you know yeah. so um we think that although our house probably isn't you know the worst in the world you're sitting there thinking oh my goodness what they is lauren gonna think when she comes round?" you know yeah. and it's probably where you get asked that question quite a lot because you sort of immediately jump to the fact that yours is going to be the worst yes. um house you've ever seen um exactly. i'm guessing also as well um we kind of have these, I guess these, sometimes we refer to them as sort of personalities or when it comes to kind of um, managing our, our household. And what I mean by that is that, you know, to give a personal example. So my my kind of ethos around things is at home is if, if I'm not using it, I'm quite happy to throw it out. I'm quite happy to pass it on or recycle it or give it to charity or whatever that kind of thing. Now, my wife on the other on the other side, she likes to store things. She likes yeah. to um, hold on to things because we in inverted commas might need it someday um yes. so case yeah so i'm getting <laughs> yeah so i'm guessing i'll be interested to know like if you're going into a household where maybe there's that different dynamic um how does how does that currently how does that kind of work and because i'm getting do you if it was a do you tend to work with if, if it's a household do you work with a couple do you work with one side of the couple how does that usually work in the experience of the clients you've worked with yeah, I mean, I would say that the, the clients I've worked with so far, mm. it's always been um, one person that's reached out. Yeah. They would have already had the conversation that okay. actually I need help. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I've, I, luckily, I've not had it so far when I've, you know, I've gone round to a client and then a partner comes home and they're like, what is going on here? So I, it's, it seems to me that that conversation has always taken place. Mm. Um, it's all, I'm always very welcomed in and, you know, I think it's yeah I think the dynamics interesting because I always try to meet everybody I think it's important to Mm. you know meet everybody in the home see what everybody's needs are not just the need of the person who's who's actually reached out to me yeah and to also get everybody on board because Mm. every household is different everyone in the household is different and you need everybody to be on the same hymn sheet um because you know I've worked with one client and 
it's funny because they all call each other hoarders <laughs> <laughs> and you know and, and actually none of them would be classified as a you know as, as of having a hoarding disorder it's very yeah. much a sort of a throwaway <laughs> comment that people use but, yeah but actually they all think that each other have a worse problem than them okay which i find really interesting and yeah so so it's definitely important to get everybody on board in the family go through and and really make sure that everybody's happy and just see where everybody's headspaces are where everybody is on that sort of readiness scale if everybody is wanting to to really get going um and, and depending on where that person is might decipher where you start you know if it's if it's the daughter's the most up and raring to go you may start in her room or if it's yeah sure you know the the um the mums and you'll you'll start with an area of hers but what's really interesting is as soon as you sort of start it in a household where there's a family dynamic yeah. it's quite inspiring and actually mm. that's the word i've got you know from clients is it's, it's inspired me to do this or it's inspired yeah. me to have a go yeah. um which is really nice because you do want everybody to be you know feeling it yeah. and, and just enjoying that new change because it is i do believe that my service is a service that you actually don't want people to want you to you know call again <laughs> okay um, yeah you know in the nicest possible way you will get some clients that will need a check-in every now and again but mm. i want to put in places and strategies that will be long-term that they will be able to sustain mm. and and keep up um, and i guess it's just learning and then um, giving them the tools to empower themselves to know that if yeah. things get out of line again they can kind of put it back into place again i suppose exactly and it's just it's being able to recognize at what point you are there um you know definitely yeah perfect um so we've spoken a little bit about kind of some of the um kind of either myths we tell ourselves about or why we can't potentially get help or why we can't start um one of the ones you mentioned was kind of like the investment you know the monetary um investment in in getting someone to sort of help you with this kind of thing are there any other kind of um kind of resistance or any other sort of things that people say that um when they're sort of thinking it might be something they want to get involved with but then they kind of sort of poo-poo at a later date is there things that other things that sort of come up as as kind of myths that we tell ourselves Um, I it's a hard one because I'm trying to sort of think from a personal point of view because I I Mm. generally find once once a client gets in contact they want to follow it through so yeah um any resistance so I'm guessing maybe you know we're talking about monetary aspect maybe they think that it's going to invest they're going to have to invest too much time maybe in it, you know, that maybe at at the beginning. Yeah. Um, or like we said before, people, you might just think all my house is too much of a mess. You can possibly help. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Um, I haven't had that one yet, but I'm sure sure there will be that. Um, Yeah. And, but yeah, I would, I'd probably say the time thing because also, I mean, sometimes you can really, really get, get on a roll and you can go quicker than you're expecting to. And other times, you know actually it can take a lot longer that decision particularly in the beginning it will you will find that you know clients they do need the guidance they do need that hand holding but actually after you know a session or a couple of hours it depends on every person but they really Mm. do get on a roll and they get into it um but but yeah that's just very dependent on the person and, and what you're dealing with and how sentimental that that attachment to those things are yeah, I think like any sort of um, step in a new direction, it usually comes from maybe um, a point where, you know, you've a challenge has come to the point where you can't sort of deal with it any longer and you need to get help or maybe, mm. you know, I'm guessing, you know, 
you may get clients or may do in the future where there's maybe life changes in the family, maybe yes. um, where there's, you know, there's may, maybe a, you know, a, a, in a marriage as part of ways, or maybe, you know, the kids have maybe gone to university or, you know, maybe there's a new baby in the family, you know, I guess there's sort of, there's also life kind of changes that kind of prompt some of this stuff as well. Absolutely. That, that's, that's sort of every one of my services is geared around, you know, a big life change, whether it's Mm. moving or it's downsizing, um, you know, a lot of those, there comes a point where you need to address things in the home. So there's, Mm. Yeah, and like you said, with the, the empty nesting or nesting and, and all of those things, yeah. they, it definitely comes from a place of big change in the mm. home and the family dynamic. Um, or, or, you know, also changing circumstances that somebody's believed that was so another one. Yeah. You know, that, that we have to, to help with as well. I say Another... have to, that we, I do, <laughs> I enjoy helping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I guess other than kind of the, you know, the obvious of, you know, after you've worked with a, with a client, um they've got they have a beautiful organized home and you know they've maybe passed things on and maybe they've now got a new lease of life with another family or or you know elsewhere i'm guessing that there's going to be a lot of kind of knock-on positive effects by going through this process um you know in regards to their mental health um in regards to sort of how they generally feel about themselves can you speak a little bit about your thoughts around kind of like um sort of the general other benefits that maybe people aren't they don't immediately come to mind for people but after the the effect they sort of think oh this has really sort of helped me in these areas definitely I would say um probably the biggest one is the physical side because Mm. actually people feel like they've got space to go and do things that are really important to them they maybe feel they've got the headspace to to continue exercising and that kind of thing again yeah Uh, also I would say the uh the money side because people if it's done proper properly, which I, I always really try to to ensure I, I get my message throughout, is to be really mindful of purchases in the future and not mm. just impulsively buying things. And I find that people will often give me feedback that, you know, actually I'm being more conscious in my spending and, and my budgeting. And that's that was quite alarming to me. And I think also for myself, okay. I found that, that, you know, actually I stop buying things that I didn't need to and I thought Mm. twice about it because if you when you go through that buying process if you actually think how am I going to dispose of this how long will I need it if you really ask yourself those questions Mm. then you really just end up having things that you really do need and things that you know really do make you feel good yeah so I would I definitely say that money is is a is a really good benefit of having a professional organizer um, yeah, it's like it's definitely an investment you know you spend out to have one but mm. actually you get a lot of knowledge you get a new way of thinking a new mindset around it it's two really interesting things you just mentioned there first being that you know often when people are maybe um, um clearing out stuff they maybe have an opportunity especially things like furniture or things like that to maybe to resell them you know so yes. eff- effectively if there's a um kind of a, a resistance in regards to you know working with you from the off it you know there's a realization that maybe you know you're actually helping them make more money than they invested you know there could be that benefit as well and the other interesting thing you mentioned there that kind of links back to what we were saying before is that around our spending maybe it's only at the point where we actually look at the possessions that we have and there's like a we hit a brick wall on the realization that you know what have i been spending my money on and and maybe there's an element of 
shame there that is the sort of the resistance in getting someone to help you because you think oh my goodness I can't at the moment I can't understand that that I spent this amount on this or this amount on this you know or I've been buying the same thing over and over again and blah 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 and so that it's it's interesting isn't there there's sort of all these dynamics Mm -hmm. around what could be going through our minds at the time and I think shame might be a really sort of interesting sort of aspect to that people might be sort of coming up against definitely I just wanted to sort of add to that I mean Mm. Basically, what I'm doing essentially is I'm helping people stock take every single item in their home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're going yeah, through yeah, every yeah. single item in your home. I don't know what the stats are for England, but I think in a, like the average American home, I tried to find mm. it for England before and I couldn't find it, but the average American household has something like 300,000 individual items. Wow. That's just unfathomable and you think every single one of those items that you've brought into your home has a story that has a history it has a reason how it got into your home why it's there why you continue to do it so you can see how people just put that decision making off you know mm. and you it's it's just sort of whittling down to the things that you really do need um yeah yeah when i found that out three hundred thousand things it's interesting basically. isn't it I think, I think but, it's probably hair grips, but and every guy's got a, a man drawer somewhere where they've got just they loads of old batteries, um, yes. you know, um, um, kits that you got with Ikea to um, put them together, but you might think that you might need them at some point, even exactly. though you haven't got the furniture anymore. Yeah, yeah (laughs) coupons that you thought you'd keep but they're in fact they're about five years old um you know um, from old houses yeah these things and and gadgets being one of the biggest ones as well people yeah holding on to gadgets that we just don't need anymore yeah Um, i was going to say plastic bags but we haven't hardly got any plastic bags anymore so it used to be that used to be that you'd have a a bag full of other bags that you'd have probably under the under the sink or something but you know which is a good thing from another point of view that we're not using those um but it, no, it's really funny now when we sort of got, oh, we've got a plastic bag. It's like, no, I haven't. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> what am I going to put my stuff in? Oh my goodness. Exactly. Um, oh, that's really but, interesting. I mean, the other thing I would say as well, one of the, mm. the other benefits is uh, people get a lot more from giving. So I think there was a study yeah. done before that when people give to charity, they get a real rush of, you know, yeah. um, endorphins in the body and it makes you just feel really good. Mm. Yeah. Whereas compared with, you know, when you buy something and if it's if it's something, you know, you you get that buyer's remorse and you kind of get that doubt and that feeling is not as long as it would for if you're, you know, you're giving to charity, mm. which I found really interesting as well. Yeah. So that, again, is another benefit. You, you actually, It does make you feel good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's such a great point. And also, you know, there, there's, there's so many causes that can really do do with a lot of this stuff that we, yeah. you know, we take for granted. Then, you know, what better way to kind of recycle some of this stuff is to give it to those that really would, would need at this time, you know. Definitely. Um, no, definitely. Um, if someone, so they, you know, they've thought about it, they're in the position where they think, oh, I really want to work with someone. Um, what would be your kind of um, recommendations or guidance for when you're looking for someone to work with um, that you kind of look out for? I would say to definitely look at the the differences between the different organisers. Every organiser will have a, a USP. Everyone will have their own unique twist and their own experiences. So I would say it's important to look at maybe the background of that organiser and see how that resonates with, with them. Yeah. I would also say to 
to have a look at the way that, I mean, the way that they, they also present themselves. Um, because I think it's important. I think that sometimes people wouldn't necessarily get like a couple of quotes or, you know, get a couple of organizers in. I think people are, yeah. with professional organizing, I think people tend to, to, to pick quite quickly who they're going to go for. Yeah. And that's only based on the feedback I've received from my clients. Definitely, but yeah. I think, I think it's important to definitely look at the way in which you maybe connect with that organizer. So somebody was telling me before, um, you know, that they've been picked because they've got children and, you know, Mm. um, someone might not be picked because they have children. It's, it's very, I think there's also that personal element because you do, Mm. you build such a, and I've found I've really built relationships with, with my clients because it is so personal, it's, it's mm. definitely important to find somebody that you can feel connected with um, and be com- comfortable with having, you know, in, in the home. And I'm guessing also, you know, there's no better recommendation than getting a personal recommendation from someone that you know who maybe have used that service before. So, you know, if you may not know that, you know, you may think that, you know, none of your friends have, have kind of used it, but kind of reach out, you know, maybe post something on social media or something and say, look, has anyone used this? And you might find that, you know um someone has and then you know if if it's someone you sort of know like and trust in that respect um you know it's um it's really you can have a chat and sort of get a real feel for what it was like to work with them um and and like we've mentioned before it's such a personal thing where it just kind of comes down to having a conversation are they a good fit for you um does their personality sit well with you does their kind of the way that they work sit well with you um and sort of coming on to that you know how how would you work with someone um you sort of take us through the kind of the the bare bones of the process for kind of from a from the moment a client kind of gets in contact to kind of like fruition to the end of the the process give us kind of a step-by-step on what it would maybe be like for you know if I was coming to you what would my kind of journey be with working with you yeah so so you'd have that initial contact which is usually by phone and you know we have a long chat or short chat however you know that long they want they want to to chat try to get as much information as I can you know so that I'm prepared when I organize that that free home consultation yeah just understanding the family dynamic if there you know if it is a family or someone on their own just making sure that you know you have all of that information and coming to the the free home consultation so making sure that hopefully everyone can be present for it and again just trying to get the needs of everybody it's not always viable, but if possible, it's always good to try and speak to people individually as well. But that that's yeah. a lot more tricky. Um, so, so yeah, definitely, you know, going through the home consultation, finding out, and I, I'm the biggest part of the home consultation is getting a tour. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, not a nosy tour, but actually, um, <laughs> it's very, very eye-opening because what you find when people are guiding around the home, you know, around the home, is they often pick out the negative points. You don't okay. often see clients say, well, I really love this area. It's often, <laughs> oh, well, this area just brings me stress or this mm. area reminds me of a certain time of my life or, you know, this bit is worrying me the most. And so it's really important on that sort of that tour of the home that you really get to grips with what areas they're really struggling with and, and need the help with the most. And after that, you sort of arrange the, the date and the times that you want to do. And every client will be different. Some clients would just need you know a, a sort of 
a couple of visits or a one visit and you know they can can get on on their own some other clients may need hand holding and that's that's a term that actually i find sort of got from my clients is hand holding yeah and they want you to be there for every single step of the way okay and it's really interesting because some people are just so different. Some people will just need a couple of visits and then they might get you back to help organize stuff and figure it out on their own. And yeah, and again, you know, you might have somebody who could be there until the very end. Mm. And it, it's very different for everybody. You, you know, I've worked with some clients just once or I've worked with somebody, you know, ongoing. It depends on their times, how, you know, what, what that availability is like and deadlines. Because often I found people want to get started and finished by a certain date <laughs> um, okay you know they, they've often got an end in sight or a reason that's really brought this on and this time of year it's definitely Christmas which is you know why I've been mm. quite busy yeah um, there's a lot of, you know that that family coming round that's sort of forced upon us isn't it um you know so having people around more it forces you to confront the home yeah definitely um so sorry yeah I was just going to to add to that and then if you wanted to, you know, you could continue with spatial planning. So some clients would want to sort of go that next step further because mm. what you can find is once you've decluttered, if you've really gone for it, um, they can feel like the home looks a bit sparse. <laughs> okay. And it's sort yeah. of then sometimes clients will think, well, actually, no, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy things and I want to replace it. It feels empty. It doesn't feel like home. Yeah. And it can quite often sort of spur on a redecoration and that's, you know, they're where you come in with the interior styling and spatial planning. Um, yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. Um, with, um, so say if we've gone through that kind of process and we've come to the end and, and we've achieved the goals that we're hoping to when it came to our home, um, I guess from that point, it's just kind of keeping a, a, gr- a grip on things to make sure it doesn't go in the other direction um, from what it started from. Yeah. Um, how what sort of tips would you give to people how how to kind of keep that consistent and kind of making sure that going forward um you know you sort of keep up to the all the hard work you've done already yeah i would say probably one of the most helpful things is to to take after photos i mean i i always take after photos with permission of my clients anyway yeah to take after photos but actually have them somewhere handy okay (laughs) and not just sort of forget about them because that sets your benchmark you know against yourself and mm. some clients will you know they're, they're sort of looking at maybe Marie Kondo or Pinterest and all these things yeah and that's not their life they're, you know they're yeah. kind of setting yeah. their benchmarks on somebody else's life so I would say having that that photo reference you know as a, as a benchmark for yourself is quite important um to, to you know to go back to if you are sort of feeling like things are slipping um, yeah I would definitely say to also check in on a regular basis and actually maybe sort of rotating one room once a month because you know say you've got a um, a house of eight rooms you know eight months you can go through and that's a nice amount of of time to to keep on top of everything yeah Um, but you know you also might might need if you've got less rooms it it might be quicker than that or you you can Mm. focus on the weaker areas that you know are your your weaker areas and we all have them (laughs) has a strong point and a weak point you know weak point um you know me too but (laughs) I know what those are I recognize what they are and I have to be mindful to stay on top of them yeah so it's just like an exercise if you really want to sort of see results you have to be consistent you have to stay with it um and practice it you know um 
can you know staying consistent with with a, a decluttered tidy home does take practice definitely yeah. and you mentioned before as well as that you know there's a sort of a plethora of other kind of follow-on services that um i saw from your your website that's something you kind of offer as kind of a next stage can you sort of talk us through some of the different sort of other kind of um services that kind of clients sometimes move into and kind of what they what they're all about yeah so um spatial planning i'll talk about first because i think that's a lot of people think well what is spatial planning um, mm. you know it's not anything to do with space <laughs> it's got, you know, outer world space but um it's so you, I would tend to do that anyway when you are decluttering and, and then that organising stage. But it's changing the layout of a room to be much more practical, much more functional, but still aesthetic. So it, it's it's kind of creating that that balance, that harmony between um, you know form and function, um, you know, and, and just making sure that it's suitable. And I think yeah. for me, my you know the background when I was designing kitchens and and bathrooms I was very and I'm a very methodical person that you know I would only plan something if I feel like it's going to be more practical for that person and yeah. sometimes people don't even understand or, or recognize that they they do something in a particular way that could be done better yeah um, I've got one client and I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying because we had a really good laugh about it but she'd lived in her home for four years and uh, she sort of you know emptied all of her uh, when she unpacked she she did everything and put it in where she needed it to be but when when we got around and we were going through it, it turned out she was keeping all of her underwear in a box under the bed so okay. every single day she was having to go under the bed pulling out this box <laughs> to out her underwear when, yeah. you know she she could have just put it in the chest of drawers which we did we changed that around but mm. you know and she she was she laughed about it she was just, I don't know if she was embarrassed. I think she just thought, why have I done that? But you just, mm. you become blind to these, these ways that you, you live and you work until somebody actually offers you a, a more practical, you know, um, solution. Yeah. yeah. So, so definitely. And a lot of these things just save you time as well in the long run, don't they? You know, they do. Um, they really do. They save you time and it's just, you know, more easy to, to maintain and, and also clean um, because that cleaning aspect is, is a big part of, you know declaring and organizing yeah um, we all no one actually I, that's wrong some people do enjoy cleaning i don't mind cleaning but I think, <laughs> <laughs> you know some people just hate it but if you had a, a space that's designed or you know configured in it in a way that minimizes that it's so much easier yeah mm. so that's so that's another great service to sort of think about sort of laterons in the stages any others that kind of stand out to you yeah, I mean, my, my styling um, is also one as well. So I can help people with, you know, creating mood boards and creating um, furniture fittings and specifications for for designs. Um, yeah. And I do that in mind of a long term. You know, I try to, to be very consistent with my values of not being, you know, too following fast fashions. And I want it to be a long term. Mm sustainable design because for me now interior design is much more about well-being and how you feel in a space it's it's much yeah. more emotional and I think that came a lot from from doing my master's degree it was very um philosophical uh, you know philosophy can't speak word now philosophical that's the Philo- <laughs> is that right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm second guessing myself now when there I'm there we that. go <laughs> yeah, I'll leave you with that <laughs> yeah but yeah I think it's once you really start sort of getting into what home is and what that mm. means I find I find that really, you know, empowering and 
and it you know home doesn't need to spend thousands of pounds to to look and feel good it can help you know and certainly i appreciate those things yeah but actually it's not necessary Um, yeah it's kind of just giving people reassurance that what they have is enough because i think Mm. that's often a trend when people end up spending 10 minutes and they're trying to keep up with friends or or all these things but it's it's knowing what you have is that you're happy with and you're content Mm. with and just more intentional way and i'm I'm guessing that probably comes out a lot in you know with your clients after you've worked with them in the fact that maybe they've gone through maybe they've seen that maybe they've been spending a lot of money in a certain area maybe you know they've they've now passed these on to other people and just i think it just gives you a wider sense of gratitude for you know what you're able to have in your home what you've I also what you've been able to help others you know by moving some of this thing on and maybe just giving you a, a kind of a a clearer sort of mindset going forward around you know that exact thing you just said you know mm. I, I only need x really to function in a way that's more healthy for me in all aspects of it, whether it's monetary sort of you know health inspired and all these kind of things Definitely. um and also like you said with the interior style and that was that was something really interesting as well because i'm guessing a lot of people come out with such excitement that they've now got this space um, that's now are not clear and they want to now take that step forward they want to enhance their home in different areas so it's um it's, i imagine it's a really sort of exciting time for someone that's kind of gone through that to then sort of look forward to the future and how can you know lauren how now help me with all these other areas definitely definitely and i i, I love that 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 sort of journey because you do see such a change from somebody from the beginning mm. you know when that initial first contact that they have and then you've worked with them throughout that whole process. And sometimes that can be, you know, over a week or sometimes that can be over months. And actually mm. seeing that progression and change in a person is that's the best thing I love about what I do, because you just yeah. really do see a transformation in somebody. Um, I got a lovely message from one of my clients last night who said, you know, you've really given our family something special. And that's wow. just priceless. It's so yeah. different to, you know, to to some you know other other jobs that i've had it's just you get so mm. much satisfaction out of that and i'm getting i'm guessing also you know when someone sees the benefits in their own home they're probably thinking in you know what other areas can i use this methodology and you know so mm. the, the one that immediately comes to my mind is that you know if you're someone that's maybe running a business you may find that you know maybe have an office space maybe have a small company with people that work with you you know are a lot of these kind of um sort of um some of this methodology methodology i can't talk now lauren um, <laughs> methodology are they, are they kind of transferable to the business space i imagine that a lot of them are yeah definitely i mean you can so some organizers will help you know business owners and and do the more sort of digital side and, and actually help okay them with office space and yeah, yeah there, there is that side um but i think the biggest thing is that it just gives you that clarity even if, mm. you, if you work with a business owner to, for them to be able to do that themselves as well yeah 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 definitely it's and if you were to kind of if you were to ask like i am now um if you um were to ask um you know what what does it really boil down to for you what do you really feel the benefits of working you know with a professional in this area of decluttering what would you say to someone that would ask you in sort of a couple of lines um the reason why you would why it's better to yeah. do with somebody than on your own yeah. yeah yeah i would think to just remain on target to a specific goal mm. um, i would say just having that person with you just keeps you focused stops you mm. procrastinating and kind of helps you celebrate the small successes um mm. 
okay oh that's huge as well isn't it you know recognizing some of those things that you may not think you've achieved um like any like any area of life any goal that you're working towards is is so important to kind of celebrate those small wins isn't it it really is it really is and i think sometimes just having that support to to have someone there with you doing that is really invaluable Mm. and like you said before you know the thing that um, you mentioned before was that sort of phrase of hand-holding as well um just having someone to sort of um put ideas to and kind of help through the process you know this is probably something you haven't done before so you're looking for a, men- a mentor like anything in, in in sort of any area of advancement in your life and Definitely. um it's just kind of um it's so important isn't it i think to just have one to someone to guide you and to keep you on track and keep you accountable i guess yeah accountability is a, is a big one uh, and, you know, I think for some clients, just having somebody that is, some clients will, would want to sort of a, a firmer, um, you know, tact than others. Some yeah. people would, you know, really need that. And it's it's good to gauge that in that initial consultation. You know, how how much do you want me to be? You know, how, how much do you need from me? And, and just getting those expectations. And mm. yeah, and then also just following through with that. And it's also good because if you have so many fresh eyes on it, you know, they can, they will always pick up on things that you won't notice yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so definitely. So, Lauren, I know that a lot of people are going to be listening to this, and, you know, there's obviously it's been a wealth of knowledge and, and some really great chat that we've been having a chat over the past nearly an hour for. Um, and people maybe want to, um sort of start to explore some of this stuff um i'm conscious of you know what we would spoken about before in regards to not wanting to go out and and do a ton of stuff or set yourself such a big goal that maybe you sort of fall at the first hurdle if someone was listening if someone was listening to this now and maybe they wanted to take that first step um in maybe tomorrow just making a small step in getting them a little bit further than where they were yesterday what would be sort of an ideal kind of starting place do you think question i would probably i would have to sort of refer to <laughs> to a tony robbins quote <laughs> i do love okay. a quote. yeah um and he he says something along the lines of you know if you talk about it it's a dream if you envision it it's possible but if you schedule it then it becomes real and i okay. think if yeah. you, that the most important thing is to schedule something whether okay. that's just going to be a half an hour blitz of something yeah. <laughs> um, you know and and just set maybe a small, even if it's like an hour, half an hour, a small amount of time mm. to just to just really focus on one thing, whether it's one cupboard or, you know, one um, shelf or just one area that you think will actually really make a difference to you. But setting mm. that, that first point in the diary to really focus on. Do you know, it's really interesting through some of the other conversations I've had with other guests on the podcast. This is a similar thread that runs all the way through. So to give some examples, um, I've spoken about social media. The problem was that maybe we don't always remember to do our social media posts at certain points. Well, mm-hmm. what you can do is you can put time in the diary aside every day, every week, whatever, you know, however often you need to. Once it's in there, it's done. You know, if you had a meeting, you'd put it in the diary and you'd turn up, wouldn't you? So yeah. reason why I can't do that. Another conversation we had was around fitness. I haven't got time to do, you know, a 10, 15 minute um, exercise, yoga, whatever it is in the morning. Mm. Okay. So what you do is you put it in your diary. You have an alarm yeah. that goes off on your phone. Um, it's really interesting that it is a similar thread that runs through all these things. And so, you know, just with this one kind of 
um, I guess, a tool or an approach to this kind of thing, we can we can sort of tick off a lot of li- these little things in our lives mm-hmm. by just holding ourselves accountable, I guess, and putting it in the diary. Definitely, definitely. It's just that being more productive with your time, isn't it? Yeah. It really is productivity. You know, it will always get you to the things that are most important. I think it's just important to prioritise, you know, what is most important to you. Yeah. So that's it. If you listen to this and, you know, you're going to take that tip forward, so maybe you've got a sock drawer that's overfilling with socks tomorrow. Maybe you can do that tomorrow and just to sort that out. At the end of the day, you can look back on your sock drawer and the next day when you go and get your socks out, um, the, the following morning, you'll see all these lovely socks all near where you are. You won't have to hunt through them. You won't have to find the odd ones and end up going to work with odd socks or whatever problem you have um, with that. There's something that you, that you can do in that. Oh, that's so Definitely. that's great. I can I can hear all these minds whirring in the background as people listening to it. So it's um <laughs> that's really helpful. Thank you, Lauren. Um, I know you've got lots going on with all the different aspects of of what you do. Um, but what have you what have you got coming up? Anything in particular you're sort of excited to be working on? Yeah, I'm working on doing another workshop. Um, at the moment, so I'm the the one I want really want to focus on is helping people declutter their wardrobes. Um, okay. I also think doing a you know a, a wardrobe declutter is a sort of a good step into decluttering the whole house because clothes we compared to everything else in the home I would say we have the least amount of emotional attachment to if okay. you're able to just nail that <laughs> yeah, yeah actually the rest of the home you'll be on that role you'll be in that headspace you'll be on that you know that that momentum to to then look to do other areas yeah so yeah I, I would definitely say that that's one of the most exciting things I've got coming up and I'm also uh, working on doing another workshop which will be about sort of organizing um, kitchens um, because January oh, wow, okay. time is massive for people thinking mm. right I'm going to get a new kitchen yeah um, you know particularly with, with my background and designing kitchens I know that that's what people wait for is January so mm. I think it'll be a good time to to offer a workshop to get people to think really what they want that to look like because with something like that you just don't know where to start yeah and and I think you know my my background as well as being how methodical and practical I can be I think yeah that's perfect I think you know as we approach the Christmas period if you listen to this we're now approaching the Christmas in 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 2019 and I think it's a time when a lot of people will will be receiving gifts in the next sort of month or so um which may be you know means that there's more room for other things to be moved on so yeah i mean january i, I imagine would be a would be a very busy time for you and and lots of great kind of sorting out for for your clients yes absolutely yes and then dealing with the aftermath of christmas <laughs> <laughs> yeah if if people want to kind of keep an eye on, on what you're doing and and kind of follow what you're doing and maybe find out about some of these events in the coming where's the best place online to kind of connect with you I would definitely say it would be Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. So I'm on all of those, um, and it's flaming interiors. And also on the website as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, on my website, and I've got my blog on there as well. But all of my socials, I you know, I link back to to what's going on on the blog as well. Yeah, I think from someone that sort of observes what you do as well, I think Instagram is a really powerful tool for you. Um, In it's quite a visual thing. Um, yes. but, but also through the use of stories, you're able to kind of, um, give insights on what it's like to work with your clients. So I think if anyone's watching this and wants to get a feel for, for, for Lauren and how she kind of approaches this kind of thing is Instagram is a really good, um, sort of gateway to, to kind of what you do. Yes. Um, yeah. I'd say respect. that's, that's what I use the most. 
So yeah, that's yeah. probably the best best place to be. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lauren. It's been it's been wonderful to have a chat, and it's been really nice recently to to get to know you a little bit more and to find out yeah. today as to as to what's going on with your business. Um, I think. You. The, the work that you're doing is, is kind of really inspiring and I think it's not just at a level of helping people with their home it's a to all these other levels in in getting people get, get gaining more mental clarity gaining more mm. benefits in their well-being which I think is really admirable and I think it's 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 really nice that you know we have this service by you in in our area of Suffolk you know it's an emerging um it's an emerging kind of area in the UK I think you know we've still got some a little bit of time to to catch up with the US in these sort of things yes, but um yeah but it's um it's really inspiring that you're kind of you know leading that for forerunner in in the UK so thank you so much on behalf of no, your clients for you. um for, for for getting us all sorted out Lauren getting all our houses <laughs> sorted out for reclaiming um, your interiors there we go there we go there we go <laughs> trademark there we go <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, guys, that's everything for um, this week. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to today, please leave a comment. Um, also remember to get in touch with Lauren at the information we've, we've shared. But until next time, my name is Ross Dean. This has been Make Today Camp. See you later.